Mm-hmm. We live, so. That's Mike. That's Toya. And, and this, this is Tech Beats and Bites. We got a little mood lighting today. Oh. Lighting kind of It's just Wednesday, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't the um, quiet storm. <laughs> Not today. Coming live. Right. From Lotta Hill, Florida. Quiet storm with Bobby Brown. <laughs> Why do they always have names that like rhyme? Because it just makes it catchy. You won't remember. Hey. I ain't singing no more. That was it. That was absolutely it. Oh, Dante Pendergrass. Right. <laughs> the director in the back want to chime in. All right, y'all. So now that we got a couple of viewers, and actually we weren't waiting for viewers, we're just looking over some more notes. <laughs> so, and I can <laughs> It's going to be a fun day today. We're having a good time already. Why we're having a good time? Nobody knows, but everybody's in a good mood in here. Yeah. So, you look like such and such. No, I don't. Facial recognition by Apple has now put into a wrongful arrest. A young man from New York is suing Apple for $1 billion, claiming that a facial recognition system falsely connected him to a series of thefts, which caused him great humiliation and missed midterm exam and hours traveling to different states to prove he was innocent. Wow. Wow, Different states. Um, so he's suing him for $1 billion and his lawyer was saying, we believe the video clearly exonerates Mr. Ba and puts the onus on Apple to answer. How did they identify my client as the perpetrator of a crime if they weren't using facial recognition? So now we get into some CSI stuff. So you're trying to tell me Apple just randomly has a database of people's faces that they aren't using facial recognition for, but that they watched the videos and they went through hundreds of thousands of black men that shop at their store to identify the person if they weren't using facial recognition. I just want to know how they created the majesty and the magic that they did, Latoya. So, so we've been talking about how AI is failing for people of color. And we also talked about in a previous show about how I believe it was China is using sort of like all of the cameras, rapid cameras, right? Everything that could catch sort of like high speed action to create a database that can be tapped and used for police, law enforcement sort of needs. So it, of course, was only a matter of time before it came up that it was happening in the US. That ain't me, sir. Not surprised, uh, not surprised. But it's, that's crazy. And it's unfortunate that, number one, it had to happen to him. Right, that he was the one to sort of go through this, and good for him and his lawyer for suing Apple for a billion dollars. Interested to see how the case plays out, but again, it just speaks to the need for diversity and inclusion in tech. Because if you have people from diverse backgrounds, diverse skin tones at the table while you're creating this technology, you will account for the many shades of the human race. I and am not just so some. happy you mentioned that. Because in our notes for one of our producers, it was asked, what would be the solution? Right. Got a question. <laughs> there was this amazing guy by the name of Brian Burkeen. He used to own this amazing facial recognition company. Brian Burkeen is a black man. So Brian, if he was working with you, Apple, and Brian used to actually work for you, Apple, if Brian was there, he actually pointed out a lot of these issues and had specific facial features that went with genders as well as race. But maybe if you bought him in, not the company taken away from him, but the actual person, Brian Burkeen, cause you know, it's ran by you know who, well, you know what? 
So let's just keep that between me and you. But bring Brian in. Shout out to Hope. Bring Brian in and give him a chance to fix y'all problem because obviously this facial recognition thing, y'all got cars hitting black people. Y'all got a lot of stuff going on. You can't walk up to me and say I look like Will Smith just because that's the only person you used to watch, watch on TV. We don't look alike. Like, no. <laughs> so what that's a myth, that. guys. We don't look alike. Do we have similar features? We all do. Yeah. But uh, maybe it's the color enhancement that y'all can't get the depth of the contouring of the face, you know? Kind of like how y'all emojis still don't have enough black people on there. All the families are white families. Like, where is the diversity inclusion of the families? So I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to fix the problem. I don't know, but they're going to keep getting sued. Keep it up. I wish it was me, because I ain't got no records. I hope this young man had a clean record, because, boy, I'll be going for that billion, too. <laughs> Listen. And, and I would be getting some products out of y'all. I'm just like, you Right, know but that. the fact that he's in school, like, he's over here doing his thing. This young man is What trying. he's supposed to be doing, and y'all over here with the foolishness, because of bad AI tech, when tech goes wrong. Even if y'all didn't use art, artificial intelligence, if y'all didn't use facial recognition, Please, Apple, reach out to us and let us know how you were able to identify this young man. Anyways, so who's that knocking at my window? See, that's what you should. Nobody, yeah. Well, we in a music mode today, but who was at my door? So Amazon. (laughs) Amazon is bugging, first of all. (laughs) I just want to put that. All right, y'all hear this? This is insane. Amazon is currently looking to hire someone with the title managing editor news all right but it's not for the entire amazon empire it's for the small slice that makes security focused doorbells rings because you know amazon purchased ring for about a billion dollars shout out to shaquille o'neal he was an early investor that's why shaquille was in the uh ring commercials Mm -hmm. a lot of people know that for the people that didn't know that but this is the great part the job requires at least five years experience in breaking news crime reporting and editorial operations and three years in management preferred traits include deep and nuanced knowledge of american crime trends strong news judgment that allows for quick decisions in breaking news environments and experience using social media changes to gather breaking news now this is what i like to do when i might say something totally stupid I like to use my outside conscious, which is called Latoya Stirk. Latoya, <laughs> would you break that down for us exactly what Amazon was trying to say with that little tidbit of information? Right, so they basically are hiring someone to help them put out salacious content, right? Because they're they're getting, they, Ring is all about security, home security. And even though crime rates are falling, the perception is that crime is actually increasing. And it's because of the news. And again, so if you control the narrative, you control people's reaction and you can get them to do things that may not actually be based in truth. So Amazon is like, oh, this is what y'all like. Let me just go ahead and continue to feed that so y'all can go ahead and get you a ring because you want to see who at your door, not just open it and look through the peephole. You need to see in advance. So that's that's what that is. And it's, it's crazy because... <laughs> We always talk about how important it is to control the narrative. All the time. And how important it is that we begin to create new sources Tell where we can story. create stories that actually reflect the truth and not just continue the same narrative and the same sort of stereotypes that exist. But they're actually hiring people to do the opposite, <laughs> to play upon the fears of American citizens. So I just so want to know. Product. 
Amazon, are y'all going to show the people that get away with people's stuff when they break into it and the ring is on and the ring just record everything? <laughs> and secondly, I think what I'm going to start doing with a stranger show up at my door, I'm just going to start answering the ring with the nine millimeter available. <laughs> I'm just going to come to the, I mean, it's Florida, stand your ground. I'm just going to come to the door with the gun and I want to see if ring put something out about that because people still stealing packages. Um, all y'all doing is catching people. I, I would like to see the statistical information on how many people are actually caught of a crime when captured on a ring. Like, yeah. when that information is transferred to the... Right. Like, give some good stats instead of just perpetuating fear. Like, oh my God, guys, the purge is coming. Get you a ring. Right. <laughs> ring. Ring ain't gonna do nothing, by the way, if your police officers have a 15-minute call time. Uh, sir, it take about six minutes and... L. David, we know in Chicago, it's about three and a half minutes to get everything somebody need out of your house when they breaking in. So I don't really know if the ring gonna help me like they said. Now that's just gonna put people in a position to see everything that's taken from them. Hey, you can watch everything be stolen from your house. So, right. Um, I don't know. I, I just think this is another, like you say, I think it's just a fearful tactic. Um, but, but if you're looking for a job, and this is your area, <laughs> Amazon is hiring. If you're good at spreading. <laughs> right. You just love the fear news. You got a job. This is for you. They've been waiting for you. Yeah. So you got a Facebook crush. Now you can poke, poke, poke them in a different way. That was Toya, by the way. I did not write that. I just, before, Listen, before I get stop, any claims stop for going over here. before y'all try to put me, that was all Toya. I was just, doing, she's the president. I'm just doing Don't this do all so. Don't do it. So, That's the CEO. Listen. Clearly, everything <laughs> other than the president is what CEO stands for. Uh, Facebook dating is giving Facebook official a whole new meaning. The dating feature on Facebook, which launched last fall, is now rolling out of 14 more countries with a new tool called Secret Crush. Ooh. Secret Crush. Tell us what that is. <laughs> it lets you anonymously express your interest in a Facebook friend, so now you can become even more of a stalker on Facebook <laughs> than you already were before. And kind of reimagine Facebook Pope and ultimate uh, old school flirting method. I don't really remember poking as a flirting <laughs> method. What I do you Because boys used to throw papers first, at girls that they like and be all like annoying and bossy. First, that was like in the third or fourth grade. Right. That's what they talking about. That's not old school. That is old school because you did that when you were young. <laughs> and, you, and now you're old. To, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to remember the stuff I was doing when I was old now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got my heart broke so much in middle school. Nobody <laughs> trying to relive that pain. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you may get hurt again with Secret Crush on Facebook. I'm I'm married, so I ain't got... That's true. Well, not you, but y'all out there. My crush is consistent. If she hurt my feelings, I'm just not paying some bills that month. Uh, so. Oh, that's what y'all doing now. So, <laughs> secret is coming out. I'll take me some bites. Nobody Exclusive. eating out this week. <laughs> um, so, secret crush lets you connect with the people you already know who you might be interested in, but takes away the potential awkwardness of reciprocate. Hey, that rejection still going to be raw. Yeah. Uh, this ain't going to help. I don't understand. And how is it really anonymous? Am I not supposed to see your face? So this is like blind dating online? 
Yeah, so it's kind of like the poke, I guess, but maybe it's like a little, like, maybe it's a little, I send you a, a letter with a heart on it. I mean, you know, I'm sure they're going to have some sort of an icon or something that's kind of fun, and it's all cute, like, oh, hey, I like you, secret crush, you like me back? That's almost like the, do you like me, check yes or no, and then... So I'm going to have to go with a nod dog for me. I'm going to have to wait. <laughs> this, this just sounds like a bad idea. But it's now available in the Philippines, Vietnam, Singapore, Malaysia, Brazil, Peru, Chile. So... And it'll be in the U.S. later this year. They put it everywhere but the U.S.? Yeah. Well, that's how a lot of stuff ends up happening, right? Every Everyone else gets it first. And then they be like, oh, y'all can get it now. So I guess everybody else don't have Tinder. So maybe that's why they put it there Possibly. first? Possibly. Possibly. So basically this is Tinder for Facebook. Yeah. Right. So basically, so I guess they're going to run more advertisement through this, and this is just a way to collect more data on how perverted people are? Possibly. You may get some lingerie ads, some chocolate-covered strawberry ads. Oh, so basically you're telling me next year... Some champagne ads. The anonymous... That's champagne. I was joking, y'all. The the anonymous Valentine is going to be off the chain next year. Right. So everybody that be talking about, ooh, I don't have nobody for Valentine's. You could just be on Facebook. Poking your secret crushes all night. Shut down the whole site. Just shut it all down. Well, good luck, Facebook. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. Um, so let's go back to the future. So this is something that uh, I don't even know how to pronounce her last name. But Zim from Travel Noir. Yeah. Everybody knows Travel Noir. Travel Noir, the CEO, mm-hmm. former CEO of Travel Noir, announced Tuesday that she was let go from her position as the platform's chief brand officer at Blavity. Um, So boasting of Travel Noir's monthly audience of over 2 million travelers, Zim wrote on an Instagram account. Now we're posting this kind of for a reason, but we're gonna leave some of this open for interpretation. With the new direction at Blavity, I hope that you can always find traces of the original team in there somewhere. Side eye. Zim? Where's my tea? <laughs> well, actually, speaking of tea, what's the flavor for today's? Because <laughs> this is tea, y'all. This is, <laughs> this is our IPA, Timeline Brewery. I got on my shirt today. Uh, stout is my coffee in the afternoon. Mm. <clears throat> well, apparently beer is my tea in the afternoon. So, yeah, this is our... Um, Zim, I don't know what you was trying to say, sweetheart, but... Let's just hope it was a strategic move. And, you know, sometimes they say when God closed a door, just kick it back down again, <laughs> open it back up. I don't believe in it. All doors ain't closed for a reason. Um, I hope the best for you and we hope the best for Blavity. But that was just a powerful statement and it caught my eye. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much enough said. And let's see where her career goes. Who knows? Especially after how she was able to transform Travel Noir. You did so good. I mean, yeah. that was in a short time. She did that in Absolutely. Like two years, maybe? No, it was a little bit more than that. But it was a, it was good, though. Yeah, it hasn't been that long. We just started talking. That, that no, but Travel Noir on, on like, like social has been there for a minute. Oh, yeah, Travel Noir on social. But yeah, but I'm just saying the app over, with actual booking and everything. Yeah, the overall trajectory has been in the works for a minute. Just like we know everything's not an overnight success. So to sit there and just be like, you know. She's been at it. She's mm. been at it for a minute. All right. Well, let's just hope this had nothing to do with the influence of that round of investment and that they're keeping the real team to stay focused apart to what they're actually trying to accomplish. Mm, that's a good conversation for another day. Yeah. Uh, the vanilla aspect of VC? Well, not only that, but then how VC money may transform 
the original team as well as the vision and then the future. Well, I mean, now that you went there, why don't we just talk about it right now? Because <laughs> as you see, I didn't have much notes there. So I want to see where your mind was at because I can't always lead these conversations down the wrong path. But <laughs> since we're already there, I'm, I'm fearful that this has something to do because they just got that round not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And you just moved to Atlanta. Now, maybe... Maybe it has something to do with the actual, the brand of Blavity itself, or maybe her vision wasn't messing up with the brand. So could it possibly be that maybe she just wasn't a team player? Or is the vision of the brand now excluding that authentic element of blackness that was coming with Trevor North? Well, looking at her statement, it sounds like there's some changing of the guard happening, right? Because she says, hope that you can always find traces of the original team in there somewhere. So that definitely sounds like some pieces are being moved around, some people are being let go. There's some shifting that's happening. And when that happens, just from my professional background and having been working at agencies that Here kind of go, go through Let's growth. Get into it. <laughs> that go through growth, when that growth happens, if you're not careful, you can certainly lose some of the morale and some of the magic that made it special as you grow because you're you're now focused on something else than the sort of original intent mm. of what you were looking to create because now it's all about money and going after bigger things and and re- sometimes that does require you to change your team mm. but then you may also like I was saying you may lose a bit of that magic that was there before so to me that's exactly what she was speaking to and I hope that you know, to the team that still exists, that may be a reminder of like, let's not get wrapped up in what's happening and lose what made us special. Very well put. I appreciate the bars you dropped with that. I believe this is a good time to give a shout out to Joey Womack, Joey Digital with Goody Nation. He's doing a thing with Mm -hmm. his Founders Therapy coming up in May talking about, you know, the troubles and the pains and everything you endure when you're actually getting VC money and the, ch- yeah. the fact of going through funding. I'm going to reach out to Joy because I think some of our whiskey conversations will transfer over into what he's doing with Founders Therapy. <clears throat> so I think we're going to do our first whiskey to kind of replicate that topic and let's get some people in and see what kind of things they go through when they're um, actually taking in money. So. Yeah, because growth is growth is a real thing. It's a scary thing. It's it changes everything. And how do you sort of sustain mm. culture? So whiskey. That's gonna be our first whiskey conversation. We'll have that there. Um oh my bad. I meant it, but I didn't mean to type it. So <laughs> I'm not even gonna give the company's name out, but for anybody that's in the tech world that's possibly been hiding under a rock or actually working this week and you're not addicted to social media like the rest of us. A Virginia tech company apologizes for its preferably Caucasian job posting employee. The employees were fired. So that is the update. The employee was fired. Although I don't Mm -hmm. know if we have proof of the firing or whatever. But the job was posted across multiple job listing sites. All said the same thing. Preferably Caucasian. Even after being called out on it, it took the company 44 hours to respond before finally tweeting Cynet. Oh, that's their name. Mm Mm-hmm apologizes for the anger and frustration caused by a offensive job post. The individuals involved have been terminated. So, termination is great. 
what are you actually going to do about culture mentality and understand the difference between why that even happened? Um, this is the problem. The quick fixes, we're beyond that. You fire the person, but you got to think what's happening inside the basis of your company culture that allowed somebody to even feel comfortable posting that. But let's just take it a little bit further. The person that actually had the power to fire that person, did you fire them for a typo or did you fire them for exposing the truth of how you really feel in your hiring process? There had to be something, whoever made that post, there had to be something that they heard, saw, or felt comfortable enough with to even post that in the first place. Because I'm pretty sure, Latoya, I can imagine that the meeting went just like this. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, how are you? So, Wait, let me do my man voice. Hey, I'm good, how are there you? There you go. So, um, I'm thinking we need to hire some other people, so we need to get a job posting up real fast. All right, let me type that up real quick. Uh, hey, hey, before you do that, you what? know, make sure you word it a couple a certain way, because preferably we want a Caucasian person. I don't want somebody else coming in here. Got it. And so Bob took what you said, but he actually typed it out. You wanted the wording or maybe the job to be so descriptive and difficult that it could scare away people in color and technology. And you would get to a point where you would feel only my buddy can come through and fulfill this job because I need another version of me in here. You shouldn't have fired Bob. You should have fired yourself because you're the one that's corrupt, sir. And I'm pretty sure it was a white male because I don't even see a white female doing anything like this. I don't see that level of mistake coming across that table. But I do see somebody saying this. And somebody else decided, you know what? I'm tired of this garbage. I'm going to put exactly what he told me to say. I ain't got time to make all this extra posts. I'm just going to put in there, preferably Caucasian, because I know he want a white person. He don't want nobody else of color working here. Maybe it was actually a whistleblower without you knowing it. If I was the person that got fired, I would sue them for wrongful termination. And I would actually call them out and expose them for saying what you type, because I, in my heart, I trust you were just following orders and you just messed up the order because you literally did what they told you to do instead of in a metaphysical way. So I want to know if there are any black people that work there now because they will probably be like, no, they meant that. <laughs> they uh, meant exactly. They, they, they meant said that. what they said. <laughs> right. It was real. It, it's like that here. So it's interesting. And I was listening to Charlemagne this morning on The Breakfast Club and he talked about it and he was just basically saying oh, how- Are we keeping up with The Breakfast Club with our news? I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it was Donkey of the Day. Oh, okay. This is actually Donkey of the Day. And he was basically just talking about overt racism and how that can oftentimes be better. And that's what people have talked about, of course, of course, with Trump and sort of what's happened since he became president because now you're able to see racist and racism, whereas before it was very much sort of unspoken, under the rug. It existed, but you really couldn't quite put your finger on it, mm. but you knew it was there. So this just really shows that it is real. It is there. There are biases. There are There is discrimination. There is intent to hire people based on their race, not necessarily because they were the best at the job, but because they look like everybody else on the team. And it, it just... It's just, again, 
going back to a whistleblower, but then also it's a bit of a red herring. It is that canary in the coal mine that's like, hey, something ain't quite right over here. Somebody need to take a look. And it also then speaks to other black people who may have been trying to apply for another job to give a second look. Like, wait a minute, do I want to work here? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this Virginia company. Virginia. <laughs> that is the last state, the right. very last state that rid itself Virginia. of slavery. It's Virginia people. So, um, on a positive note, so let I me mean, go ahead and get ready to hop in. Miami Tourism wants to meet tech. Um, there's a focus group that's going on in Miami that wants to, c to connect with the tech and entrepreneurial community, and they need your input. Um, they, I feel, just before somebody come out there and tell me they want to bring Freak Neat back to South Beach or any other ratchet event, please go there with a mindful input because I really think we need more stimulating events and conferences. Uh, most likely we need some conferences on weekend because a lot of people have to travel and they're not going to be able to get off work to come to a conference. Most people, anyways. Um, and maybe we should highlight the brain power of Miami versus the clubs and just being on the beach. And also, Miami tourism should really focus on other areas of Miami besides just South Beach. There's so much more culture and other things to explore. Mm -hmm. And we need to kind of shift the focus from being just the beach. We do understand that the beach is dying. And I mean, y'all ran us away. That's what y'all wanted. So you're getting what you asked for. You didn't want us to come. And us being black people, uh, you didn't like what was happening at uh, Memorial Day weekend. Right, Urban Beach Week, what it became called. Right, we definitely had a young group of people that ruined spring break, so I can understand you don't want that, but this is what happens when you have idle hands and your city is not actively engaged to propose ideas and opportunities to engage in the crowd that's coming. Uh, granted, I listen to trap music. I still listen to Jay-Z's old school stuff, as much as I may like to have fun, doesn't mean I don't want to have my mind stimulated. Have you guys thought about giving Black Enterprise some money and bringing them down here to do a free conference of Black entrepreneurship? Have you thought about engaging in this little company named Digital Grass to maybe do a tech conference during the time frame of these larger? Because you know what? Smart people like to party because we work hard and we play harder. So you have to have that balance and you have to be able to unload. So why not have some things that are intellectual and just fun at the same time? I'm granted I'm giving some of the ideas now, but there's tons of people that can do this. So what I'm about to do right now, guys, um, I'm posting a bitly because I want to make sure I want to be able to see how many people are responding to this. So I'm going into the comment section right now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to add the link and I want you guys to go and register. RSVP is for free. This is definitely for the people in South Florida, but go there right now and just register. Come out and tell them your ideas. Toya, I know you, your family has a very stark history in this community, and I'm pretty sure you want to see more educational tours, more exposure. How do you feel about the Miami Tourism Group actually reaching out? And should it just be, a, to me, I'm wondering, should it just be a focus group or should it become an investment group where you actually put dollars behind the people that have the ideas and allow them to actually profit from these ideas also? Right, and that may be stage two. The focus group may be stage one, sort of gathering the intel, the information, seeing what the need is, and then figuring out the best way to help create that. And so when you were talking about it, I immediately started to think about Austin, Texas. 
and how mm. Austin, Texas really created sort of a tourism that was around the culture of the entire city. So you have the bars, the music, as well as tech innovation and enterprise. And I think Miami needs to have a more holistic approach to the way that we market ourselves, to not just focus on the like close to Latin America, uh, South Beach, like there's so much more that goes into Miami and between all of the different neighborhoods from Overtown to the Grove to Opelika to Little Havana, even if you go down south, uh, the zoo, like a lot of things are all across Miami-Dade County. And when you just focus on one area, it makes it hard for tourism to sort of reach the outskirts of the county. And if we begin to have a more holistic approach in how we brand and talk about those different cities, and I know that the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau has been focused on cultural tourism that highlights the other neighborhoods beyond the beach. We just need to amplify that. And then also by talking about tech, then that allows you to amplify what's happening in the different pockets. There's tons of stuff happening in Doral. Yeah. Doral is about to be a whole new area. I know, um, what you call it, Winwood Yard is closing on Friday. I believe Della Bowles is moving to Doral. They have a lot of stuff out there. And if you go, it's just, it's amazing. And each area has its own culture, its own vibe, its own feel. But if you just stay on the beach, you're not gonna see any of that. And then you're gonna think that Miami is just a one note city, and we're not. So we need to be more diverse in the way that we talk about ourselves. And this is one step in the direction that could definitely be great. And we could end up having our own version of South by Southwest. Yes, we do have Emerge America's, we have Black Tech Week, but it'll be dope to have something that really taps into all of the different industries that are here. We have music, we have film, even though, you know, the whole stipends and thing, it's, it's coming, coming back. back. We have tech, we have culture, we do have tourism, we have food, like let's highlight all of that. And a shout out to uh, Della. Uh, that's where Tech Beats and Bites was birthed at. It was the offshoot of Spirits and Bites with World Famous House of Mac and Chef Teach. There's a lot of stuff that was going on. And frankly, we heard a lot of conversations from locals that were telling us, we've been looking for content like this. We've been looking for opportunities like this. Maybe you guys need to fund your tourism dollars to more than just bed turns. Maybe instead of just worrying about how many beds are filled, you need to actually worry about the inner tourism because there's a lot of people in your own cities and counties that don't venture because you aren't giving them anything to venture into. Yeah, and actually like putting the money to use. There are CRAs with funds who are looking to invest and make streets walkable, have promenades and different things. But if storefronts continue to be vacant and closed, you're not gonna be able to, there's no stop off point. There's no interaction with those neighborhoods. We gotta actually put the pedal to the metal and make things happen, not just talk about it. Now we get on to the beats of the section. Uh, we have a, of course, saddening situation. And for all of us, if you've ever even thought about doing film and you've touched the camera, this is a brother we remember. Um, our dear brother, John Singleton, died at 51. Mm -hmm. And before I get into the fact, well, actually, let's go through his accolades first. Um, he was 51 years old, the movie contributors to such things as Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, Baby Boy, Michael Jackson's Remember the Time, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Race Car, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, Snowfall, and also directed episodes of Billions and Empire. Mm -hmm. 
John Singleton was the first African-American to earn an Oscar nomination to, for Best Director. He attended USC school, uh, Film School, and he turned, I didn't know this, by the way, mm. he turned his student thesis into a screenplay for 1991's Landmark Boys in the Hood. That was his thesis. And fresh out of college with no credits under his belt, Singleton boldly insisted that he direct the movie when Columbia Pictures approached him about optioning boys, that's what it was called at the time, screenplay. I wasn't going to have somebody from Idaho <laughs> or Los Angeles direct this movie, he recounted at a 25th anniversary screening. As the movie was going on, he was learning how to direct. Um, learning on the job. Look, he he was always inspiring, um, you know, Queen Mother, Angela Bassett in Boys in the Hood. If y'all don't remember Angela Bassett in Boys in the Hood. Bassett. Bassett, excuse me. Uh, if you guys haven't watched Boys in the Hood, which, first off, if you haven't watched Boys in the Hood, there's a whole other problem. <laughs> don't come to the barbecue. We're going to get into the barbecue later. <laughs> but if you if you don't remember Angela Bassett in that movie, if uh, Lawrence Fishburne in that movie, like, just some breakout roles and just show the whole different side of them. Yeah, and especially how he allowed black women to be portrayed on screen, right? Janet he had Jackson different and characters. Justice. Yeah, Tyra Banks and Higher Learning. Taraji, for her, that's just, for, I, I'm always going to see her sucking her thumb and being a baby boy. And <laughs> Right, I did not like that character, but it was... <laughs> it was funny, though. <laughs> she was annoying to me. So, um, the, the part that actually struck me is to think from the stroke and the health issues, and this is probably my one of my personal call-outs to black men as far as pushing toxic masculinity away and making sure you go to the doctor and you're taking care of yourself. The part that bothers me the most is he was only 51. That means he's 11 years older than me and seven years younger than my father. Like, this man had decades of creating under his belt. Um, my father is doing some of his best work of his life at 58. And yeah. to think that this man is only 51 and we lost him, um, just devastating. Um, if you were not for, if it was not for John Singleton, I would have not start, I would not have a star in Hollywood Walk of Fame. He put me in my first feature film, Baby Boy, um, and that was from Taraji. Um, like, he's changed lives, and uh, I would say, I think he used to be called Little X or Director X, whatever. A lot of people took from him, and first of all, he was the first person that made pretty much almost a feature film besides what was done with a Thriller. Like, if you remember remember the times, mm -hmm. that video that video was dope. And that was another one of those videos when it wasn't like 700 channels. Right. I remember all three channels simultaneously broadcast that live when that was featured. Like, And you were in front of the TV, like, I cannot miss this moment. Right, because you, first of all, it wasn't even about Twitter or somebody posting it. You just didn't want to be in school the next day and everybody was talking about it and you missed it. Um, but I think we've lost somebody special. And, you know, we do have Ryan Coogler. We do have other great, you know, uh, directors that are coming up. But, guys, we got to tell our stories. You got to learn these skills that media is our thing. And um, I wish the family all condolences. But I just wanted to make sure we 
let you guys know some of the accolades and the things he's been a part of. But now I understand why I like Billions so much because if mm-hmm. he's directed some of those things, I mean, Billions is my show. Billions got me into day trading. That's why I decided to start dealing with stocks from watching yeah. Billions. Um, there's positive content out there. No, absolutely. And he definitely showed another side of LA life that a lot of people may not have been privy to or aware of. And it was great because he became sort of the director of the people. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's happening to the boys in the hood. There it is. I and think enough said, Mike drop. <laughs> bottom line, just if you don't think about it, that's what got uh, Ice Cube into becoming a director and shooting his films. Yeah. No, John Singleton totally launched a lot of careers and changed the industry as well. From, you know, I think just like how Spike Lee changed the game, John Singleton did the same thing in his own way, and then Tyler Perry then did the uh, same thing in his own way. And it's just they're they're layering on top of each other. And they were contemporaries. They were all working the same time. But they were also always ahead of their time. Yeah. Top two of all time for me is always going to be John Singleton and Spike Lee. Yeah. Spike Lee is still one of the best to ever do it because that Spike Lee walking camera shot, best camera shot ever created, bottom line. Oh, what the future holds. <laughs> what does it hold, Crystal Ball, Mike? <gasps> Russell Wilson and Sierra once again making future feel like crap. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted to call him out. Because <laughs> this boy... <laughs> Russell came all the way back around, and he was like, you know what? We're going to do our own production company for film, TV, and digital content. But there was an actual aspect of this because we talked about this in our inner circles. They're creating inspiring and inspiring and aspiring narratives and human interest stories, which I think is great. They're mm-hmm. focusing on putting out positive content. But it was something in this <laughs> that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. The name of the company... Why not you productions? Now I understand that could apply to the aspect of, you know, why not you? Why can't you be the next big star? Why can't you be the next big director? Everything in my mind just rang out. <laughs> why not you future? <laughs> why, why, why you didn't close this deal with this great woman? Y'all are on some, look, there's, Fifty, also known as 50, 50 Cent, because 50 Cent just bullying everybody into his money. Um, but this ain't petty. I'm just proud of the new super couple. Yeah. I, I just want to put that out there. And I think it's really dope, too, because Russell coming from sports and flexing. is fun. Yeah. Right. Straight flexing on them. Definitely taking, you know, following in the LeBron sort of steps. I think it's awesome to see how athletes are parlaying into other industries and looking beyond the field. Because before, you know, athletes used to play, 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 get hurt, have to get out, or either they retire, and then it's like, what now? And they're showing that there's life after sports. You can do other things. You can pursue other passions. So I think it's dope. And with that being said, the first and only time you will ever hear me say this, I would like to give a shout out to that little angry lady that was on Fox News that told LeBron to just shut up and dribble. See what you done? It's more to come. Absolutely. There's more to come. We ain't gonna shut up and do nothing but make this money. Get this guap. All right, so speaking of guap, Guava Island. Have you seen it? No, I haven't actually. Oh. Um, have you? Yes, I saw it. It's pretty dope. So, I'm just gonna say 
this part and let Latoya give her feedback because basically what you guys are telling me from the notes I have here is Childish Gambino has, moved, has weaved his music into an hour-long story that takes place in a fictional island and explores the dynamic between love and war. Now, the yeah. only thing I've heard about this is actually Thick Rihanna is featured in this. That's what I, that's pretty much the feedback. That is such a dude comment. I've heard so much about Thick Riri in this, so I'm just keeping it 100. That's about all I know. I do understand it's on Netflix. I haven't watched Amazon. it. Amazon. Amazon, see. Amazon Prime. I do have Prime, thanks to Dante and Medium 4, but, <laughs> and my mama. Um, <laughs> do you want to give me the feedback? Because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, no, so Guava Island, I enjoyed it. So it came out about two weeks ago. I watched it this past weekend, and it is everything Childish Gambino wrapped in a fantastic Caribbean bow. And it's really cool because, like you said, you got Rihanna in there, and you see her in a different Thick sort of light. Rihanna. Rihanna's say, say in it, there. No, say it with me. No. Thick. I'm not saying no with thick three Rihanna. C's. Thick Whatever. Rihanna. <laughs> you got Rihanna in there, and you see her in a little bit of a different light, right? So she's kind of soft and but strong and supportive because she's behind Childish Gambino's character, and then you see sort of the how it, it talks to me a lot about the dynamic of the Caribbean islands and sort of how you have controlling forces, which is what you hear oftentimes about, especially when you talk about third world countries like in Africa or um, in the Caribbean where you have controlling families who really rule the island and they shape and change the way that people act and how they're able to behave and do things on the island. So it dives into that while also sprinkling in some African spirituality. So I'm not gonna give it all away because if you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. He mixes in all of his latest songs into a really fun um, story that also brings you into a culture that if you're unfamiliar, you may not have seen before. <laughs> so it's something to watch and it's, it's fun. And my two-year-old, he enjoyed it, but he's a Childish Gambino fan, so. Your two-year-old got taste, though. Listen. He's pretty amazing. Taco pretty amazing. So. <laughs> Taco will put you on to some music real quick. <laughs> Straight DJ. Like, this, this is it. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's a, good, it's a good watch. All right. Good watch. And it's an hour long? I think it's a little bit shorter than an hour, but basically it's an hour. All right. So, right. news has been getting kind of boring. Besides, we didn't mention a lot of politics because our AP and our political section is on vacation. But uh, William Barr... They was giving you the business today, bro. You messed up. You should have listened to Mueller. I, I know a lot of people, we haven't talked about politics because we haven't had a lot of local politics, although we have some stuff, but we're getting into the bite section. That's why I'm bringing it up. If you guys have the chance after you finish watching Tech Beats and Bites and making sure that you're sharing and comment, share, share it with your group, share, share. on your page, share the information we give you because other people may not know what you know, but Watch CNN or MSNBC. They've been giving William Barr that work over how he reviewed the Mueller report and bias. I see a resignation coming really soon. I'm calling it. Mm. I see a resignation. I mean, they is giving him that work. And they talking about bringing Mueller and the other guy that told um, that they told Trump that Trump mm -hmm. told him to go fire. Mm -hmm. uh, Mueller and everything. He's yeah. supposed to come in also and have to come in front of the Senate. The saga continues. Hey, Bar, you messed up, bro. Dun, dun, dun. You defended the wrong brother. Uh, Agent Orange ain't on your side. But Barr has been getting that work. I'm just, if you, the Democrats, the Republicans are trying to bring up Clinton emails and Obama oh, stuff because they just, they don't have nothing to say about this because it's in writing. And the fact that Mueller put it in writing, he didn't want his words misconstrued. Bar, you was getting them bars. <laughs> they just giving you that work, bro. I feel sorry for you. He looked so uncomfortable. He was thirsty mm. up there. 
And you can't drink that much water, brother. I was about to say, you need a cup of water? He had about three cups. He went through them <laughs> bottles of water. It's just coming out the pores, sweat. So if y'all want to know what's going on in our country, MSNBC or uh, CNN, because Fox ain't even covering it. Um, anyway, so what exactly are we counting for? So look, the importance of the census and how it all relates to all of us. Mm -hmm. um, we do understand if some people don't... We actually had the privilege uh, at Medium 4 where we participated in the marketing campaign for the 2010 census. It was a great thing to be a part of. We mm -hmm. didn't, I can tell you honestly, we didn't even realize how impactful what we were doing was. But nice. the uh, census is looking to ask a citizenship questions. Uh, so, you know, this affects Haitians, this affects, you know, some of your Latino Yeah, you want to be counted because right. it goes into especially how local politics are the lines and so Tori already stuff. getting into explaining to y'all why but the primary objective of the census is to count every human being in the united states not every citizen this is because you have to know the impact these are the things when you start getting to the gdp and how money is distributed a lot of our school districts in black communities don't get the money they get because we're not filling out census forms so they don't know the bodies in the areas they're not going to show up at your door because of you filling out a census form and start deporting you and everything else. But a large body of research suggests that adding a citizenship question would discourage mm -hmm. undocumented immigrants from participating. Right. First of all, people are already discouraged because we don't break down what can't happen to them by filling out the census form and also breaking down to them the benefits. So this sounds, of course, like another Digital Grass Poly 101 session, mm -hmm. breaking down politics hey, to a form. Yeah, Bullard, we're going to have to bring you in and break down the benefits of the actual uh, census form. But um, it's definitely time to install another census campaign, especially in underserved communities. And yeah. just people, it's not a way for the feds to track you. This is not one of those big brothers watching you theories. But you do damage your communities by not filling out. And you definitely damage anything to know about the percentages of racial and the racial biases right and everything yeah. you lose all of that by not filling out the census form so um, there's a lot of impact and it impacts funding so when one dem and just a quick example if one district is filling out its census as a high quality and it says that it has 5,000 students attending the schools or 5,000 students in a certain age range or 5,000 children and another demographic has 7,000, but only 2,000 people are turning in their census form, that's how the money changes. It's a, it's a very, that's a very simple breakdown of the complexity of it, but just think of it that way. If they don't know you exist, the funding doesn't go to right. you. And it only happens every 10 years. So if you don't get counted this year, it takes you have to wait to 10 years to get counted again. So understand everything you've experienced since 2010 was dictated by how you did or did not participate in the census form 10 years ago. School district money, thing you hear people complain a lot about, uh, road wear and tear. There's so much data voting that they districts. calculate, uh, especially voting districts. Don't even get me started there. But electoral college. Oh, yeah, your electoral college is uh, dictated by the census because they have to know the amount of people that it's representing. There's so many things that happen from the census and you have to participate. Every household has to participate. Just don't start counting your dogs as humans. <laughs> who doing that? You done made something up. We know who. <laughs> you ain't got to say their name, Karen and them. Um, 
So predicting your city's climate in 2050, another big thing is we're talking about politics. Heat records across the United States are smashed last summer in a major report. It is very hot, but praise God it's raining because my grass <laughs> is doing so much better this year. You don't went personal. <laughs> oh, we talking about heat, heat, climate, and change. <laughs> that, that bill last year was out of control. Yeah. So, um, you can go to a site. Federal scientists have contradicted Trump's administration policy, arguing climate change is already a major threat to our quality of life, health, and economy. So uh, to help you predict your city would be like in 2050, Vox.com released an article with a tool on their website that allows you to type in your city and see the results. Um, so by then, they say, scientists say the average global warming since, uh, global warming since pre-industrial levels could be twice what it is in 2018 and much more obvious and disruptive. Um, wow. And if we are one, definitely hunting off to the next generation, we got to consider these things. Um, yeah. This goes into a definitely some of the conversation we had about Valencia Gunder, what uh -huh. she's doing in the community. Right. And especially if you're talking about 2050, right? So, oh, that seems so far away, but no, it's really not. We weren't about to be in 2020. That's just 30 years away. Most of us will still be here. So if you're not paying attention and if you're not being a part of trying to decrease your carbon footprint and then also holding brands accountable to for them to start to do things to counteract sort of their carbon footprint and then also recycling, right? Because we know China stopped taking recycled goods from right. countries around the world. They were like, uh-uh, we're not taking it no more. Y'all gotta figure it out for yourselves. We're tired of smog. We don't want y'all trash. So brands need to be a little bit more responsible in terms of how we, and I'm saying we because we create products as well, how we interact and what we do in order to make sure that we're creating solutions that work for our climate and address this because it's a real issue regardless of what people are saying. It's happening. So if you go on Vox.com and you look at this particular article, it's really interactive because it gives you some insight and then also very specific to your city. You could do South Beach, you could do Miami, Florida, you could do Chicago, and you'll see what your temperature is going to be like in 2050. Mm. Y'all better look. Oh, Florida. Good old Florida. 49-year-old John Kless of Broward County telephoned three Democrats at their Washington, D.C. offices April 16th and left voicemails and messages threatening murder. He called the offices of California Congressman Eric Sawwell, Detroit Congressman Rashida, is that Talib? Talib? We'll go with it. And New Jersey, <laughs> New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. Um, He's been arrested, but this is the problem and how this ties into tech from a news side. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey called the representative and said he's standing behind 45's malicious video that resulted in an avalanche of death threats against her. This outrageous Islamophobic criminal conduct needs to be forcefully prosecuted in the utmost extent. The inflammatory and racist rhetoric originated by a president and several hate groups across America have to have repercussions. So Black Lives Matters that's trying to protect people never killed anybody, never made any threats to kill anybody versus white supremacist group KKK that have murdered more people than any other form of terrorism. They can make their posts, but we can't make posts to save people's lives? Nope. I don't understand. I don't use Twitter that much and I can definitely say it's a personal thing. I don't like Twitter. And I simply don't like Twitter because of Jack Dorsey. As a CEO and as a human being, I think he is a horrible person. 
Mm, there it is. Yeah. So it just speaks back to the um, to the inherent biases, right? So we know that they exist. We talked about it earlier <laughs> with the company in Virginia who was like, ooh, ooh, no, no, if you're not Caucasian, we don't want you here. That's exactly what's happening. So what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander, basically. They can do what you can't. I don't understand why Twitter is still getting away with this. What you mean? They don't monitor the hate towards other people, but they allow the hate to come from the president in these certain groups. Right. So what you think that means? Y'all racist. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other way to say it. Jack needs to go. This is you, you have different levels of responsibility because we've had this conversation in one of our previous talks. You need to be uphold to certain regards because you are now a publicly traded company. If you were a private company, maybe you are a publicly traded company, which means you should follow certain rules and regulations. I'm over. I'm just, I'm over Twitter. To me, Twitter, so I'm not on Twitter a whole lot either. My social media channel of choice is Instagram. But, um, but when you think about Twitter and how it sort of changed news and how people consume news and how headlines are spread, right? You start to hear about how actual news outlets like newspapers and TV stations would actually go to Twitter and find the stories to talk about and then talk about them on the nightly news. So Twitter definitely sort of changed that landscape. But then there needs to be a level of responsibility that goes in it too because to the point that was quoted in, the, um, when you were reading the article about this behavior has repercussions and it has real repercussions. We know that we've seen sort of an increase or at least visibly seen an increase because it was probably, the same, it may be at the same rate, we just couldn't see it before. But we know that we're seeing a lot more sort of hate crimes synagogues, churches being burned, people, lynchings happening in 2019. Whole lynchings. <laughs> Whole lynchings. Like, Whole this is lynching. 1923. Like, we have to really acknowledge where we are and we joke about it we talked about it before about the whole make america great again what that really means but this is it like we have to realize and again going back to charlemagne this morning on the breakfast club america was founded on a racist foundation like you took until, land from a whole <laughs> group of people right pretending they wasn't here christopher I, columbus the whole situation yeah you ain't even find nothing you just gonna take domain and say i found this right mine <laughs> they did like this. Oh, man. It's me. It's all, <laughs> all me, dog. Let me just move in right here real right. quick. Y'all weren't here. I know y'all been living here, but y'all right. weren't really I don't here. see y'all. This ain't y'all. Who Who are you? Who? Y'all don't have no culture. No, no, there's no language. You don't write. Y'all not civilized. Oh, uh-uh. y'all letting us in? This us. This all us, dog. We do this. But yeah, so that's, that's this country. And it's really not that far from that. Keep it real. The systems that are put in place are built on that same line of thinking. Until those things are broken down, until they fall and crumble to the ground, it's just going to be more of the same. Continuously more of the same. So with that being said, <laughs> the California Senate passes a new bill banning racial discrimination against employees with natural hairstyles. Uh-oh, California. Look, New York, California. Uh-oh. Two come through. I'm happy. I'm definitely happy. But why is this still a thing? Because what we were just talking about. <laughs> now you get it. Uh, 
Mitchell shared the news of the Crown Act approval on Twitter, and many people were proud to see forward progress. One person wrote, we hope this is the beginning of the end to racial discrimination based on hair in this country and around the world. I'm just wondering, how do we really get to manage it? Because how do you control to know that people aren't actually getting discriminated on because of their, their hair? Right. I mean, you can't because again, going back to the company that was like, uh-uh, we only want white folks. <laughs> like, you still have practical, literal, direct sort of how that is put into place. That still happens on a very local individual level. And even when you talk about, I know I have friends who have little girls that have natural hair and they may be the only person of color in their classrooms and those little girls go through it because they're picked on or they're made to feel shameful about their curly textured hair. So this law, how does that trickle down into individuals and their biases and how they feel and how they react and interact with people? That's where the change needs to happen because if individuals begin to change and if individuals see other individuals as beautiful and not even not even that, just as you do you, I do me, what you do does not have anything to do with me, you live, I live, live and let live. Until people get to that point, you will have to have laws that then sort of manage the way people interact. It needs to be a bottom up, like people have to change. Laws can only do so much, but it's a step. I think it's a step, but I don't know if it's actually a step in the right direction. I think it needs to be addressed on a higher level. I'm happy it's happening, but this is becoming a problem. Speaking of discrimination, in local news, gentrification by law, the Florida House uh, possibly pass a bill that could stop cities from uh, requiring affordable housing. Now, this is definitely an issue in Florida. HB 7103, I'm going to repeat that again, and I'm actually going to post it into our comments because I want you guys to start doing research and understanding what's going on. HB 7103, which passed on a 72 to 37 vote, would preempt local governments from establishing their own rules on a number of development-related issues that could affect housing prices and cities' ability to spend building spend building fees and shorten the window of time the public has to review new construction projects. The underlying belief, though, is that the that in the marketplace people should be able to voluntary exchange and when you start having mandates and the state setting price controls you create all kind of distortions in the market this is going to be a problem um just a couple of key points of what this bill will actually do it will prohibit local governments from establishing a maximum rent or sale price for homes as it is done for affordable housing as a series of restrictions on municipalities' abilities to mandate each price control housing units to be set aside for a particular group of people, and sets restriction on impact fees tied to building permits and reduce the time period departments have to review a permit application from 30 days to five days. <laughs> You're reducing the time. You First of laugh. all. I'll just say, <laughs> I just wanted to say it out loud. <laughs> You're right. reducing it to one sixth of the time to give full review to submission for permits and the reviewing process. I feel 2008 just happening all over again. I just feel like we're about to hit another economic disaster with what's going on. Well, if you're smart, you better be ready for it. 
Because you can rebound. Save up and buy a house. Um, Russell, uh, Commissioner Russell actually made one comment. He says, I see this legislation as an overreach by the state government trying to preempt home rule of municipalities and protect developers with a broad statewide blanket because it's different in different cities. What's mm-hmm. happening in Tallahassee isn't going to reflect what's happening in Miami. What's happening in Palm Beach isn't going to reflect what's happening in Gainesville. What's happening in Jacksonville isn't going to reflect what's happening in Broward County. But for some people out there that are having this splinter in the conversation that Jay-Z made about Nipsey Hussle and talking about gentrification, this is what Jay-Z was talking about. These are the issues you have when you run into it and you don't control your neighborhood and you're not going to the city council meetings to understand what's actually happening and who's making these votes. I've had endless debates. Well, let me just say endless, endless because of ignorance, but very short because of facts with people from Bay County talking about the impact of Hurricane Michael. I don't argue off of my emotions. Emotionally, I'm still distressed because I have a mother up there that's dealing with children that's going through PTSD and anxiety issues because of what they've experienced with this hurricane. But what I have a problem with is people that just don't read facts. You can go to .gov websites and Congress websites, and you can actually see how your senators and how your Congress people are voting on these issues. And you can also learn the difference between things that are getting approved by the House which is Democrat control versus things that are getting disapproved by the Senate, which is Republican control. Don't argue with me about what's coming from the News Herald or the Miami Times or anything else when there's hardcore facts that are available on websites if you just make one additional click and quit following Fox News and gossip sites. You can see how your senators are actually voting and what they are saying no to. You can read the bills. The aspect of having so much exposure, I guess this is my today's ignorance, but the aspect of having so much exposure and opportunities to thing and you still don't read and you wonder why these things are affecting you, do your own research. Use the internet for good. You have that ability. Like you can, you can see how they vote. You can see the yes and the no's. You can read the bill. And a lot of these bills aren't really that long. And then the bills have these amazing things called overviews. Read the cliff notes, but don't just be out there spreading false information about stuff that's totally untrue, that's affecting people's everyday lives. And also another thing, people, the presidency matters, but we've talked about this with midterms. Vote local. Most of the problems we complain about are controlled at a local level. It's not controlled by the president. Is Trump doing some stupid stuff? Yes. But is your local council probably doing more stupid things that's affecting you at a higher level? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Know who your city council is. Know who your commissioner is over your district. Those little things you complain about that make your daily life so uncomfortable are normally controlled by local and state government elected officials. With that being said, in these streets. <laughs> Right. So from today's ignorance to Indy Streets, we want to give so much love to Kylie Garris, who secured the crown with her natural curls for the 2019 Miss Teen USA. She stated that the night before, she finger curled every single piece of her hair in the shower, which led to a very long shower. (laughs) But it was for the greater good. Um, That's what she told Refinery29. I know what I look like with straight hair, with extensions, and with my curly hair. And I feel more confident and comfortable with my natural hair. So of course, on Sunday night, she proudly wore those curls as she walked away as Miss Teen USA. And when I was reading um, her quote, 
that she gave to Refinery29, it reminded me of um, Dion von Furstenberg, who talks about, if you got, if you read or if you listen to on Audible, her um, autobiography, where she too expresses how she knew that she was at her best when she was able to wear her natural curls or her curly wavy hair, because her natural hair is very wavy and curly. And whenever she was trying to be something other than herself or not feeling quite in her right state, that's when she wore a straight hair. When she she was sort of forcing herself to fit within a particular mold. So going back to what happened in California and what also happened in New York, where they're sort of banning discrimination based on the way people wear their hair, Again, this is how our hair comes out of our scalp. It's in its natural state. There should not be any shame, any discrimination, any sort of anything outside of letting it be great based on what you view of me because your view of me has nothing to do with my truth. That is how you interpret the world around you and you are the one who need to fix it. So shout out to her for doing it, rocking it. And next time, girl, you need a little quick detangler in your shower. Get it. Got you, girl. Get it. <laughs> we got you. This will cut down on all your time. It'll be Say the name. Say the name. Time. Cosmology, babe. Mm. Our curls plus detanglers. We got you. Let's just find our address and send her a package. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> it's Ooh. on the way. Don't think we, we self-promoting on our show, <laughs> pub. Right. Um, so <laughs> on to the shout-outs uh, as we're wrapping up the show. The Game of Thrones snapback. Yes, I will admit I'm one of the humans that do not watch Game of Thrones. Um, I watch other stuff on Sunday night, <laughs> like billions. But cinematographer Fabian Wagner snaps back at fans complaining the last episode was too dark, literally. A lot of problem is that a lot of people don't know how to tune their t <laughs> <laughs> their TVs properly. He told Wire, a lot of people also unfortunately watch it on small iPads, which in no way can do justice to a show like that anyway. First of all, why'd you, you take the quote it. from me? Because <laughs> you was laughing. First of all, I wanted to say that, but how petty is that? So my TV been working for the last eight years but on this episode, it's my fault. Right. You better adjust your <laughs> levels. <laughs> hey, Game of Throners, y'all tag me in at the bottom. I just want to know how y'all feel about that. <laughs> right. So I saw the last episode, and was I didn't think it was too dark. It was dark, but because it was happening at nighttime. So for me, it more is more so like a mood. And to his point, if you were like this the whole time, so you know the meme with the black chick, oh, she got the glasses Lena, on, yeah. she be like this. So that's one of the memes that's circling around social media. Like, I can't quite see the Game of Thrones tonight. So that's what, <laughs> so you just got a lot of people being petty about it. Um, I saw it just fine. I wasn't squinting. And my eyesight is not the best. Did you turn the lights but. on to see it? Yeah, we was watching it with the lights on. It was fun. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't turn the lights on because I couldn't see. The lights was already on. <laughs> we was just watching it. For anybody in uh, cinematography or videography, you would understand. It absolutely would have made no difference, but it's inside joke. All right, so it was dark. Are we are we done with this Game of Thrones? Yeah. I mean, because I feel we shouldn't have to bring this up until the season finale. We I mean, it do. depends. I think you're going to get a, a whole lot of good fodder. Can we do a season finale, like, watch party? Or would that be uncomfortable to the true Game of Throners? We could totally do a watch party. Are you going to One of those commentary things. Are you going to cook, like, Game of Thrones food? Who, me? <laughs> Who are you talking to? And shout out. I right. never watched it. I don't know anything about them besides that they're amazing. Uh, Dim Thrones. For the Game of Throners, if you want to get a 
different version of Game of Thrones recap. Some commentary. Some good commentary. Dem Thrones. Great little group out there. So, uh, I think it's a couple. Uh, dope. But our last thing for today, well, not the last thing, it's going to be from wine to wine. I'm definitely feeling something. From the White House to Netflix. <laughs> Too much uh, Not enough beer. <laughs> A year ago, Barack and Michelle Obama announced that they'd be following up their massive multi-billion dollar book deals with a massive Netflix deal. <laughs> That's why Barack ain't trying to run for vice president with nobody. <laughs> the streaming service basically gave the Obamas free reign to produce whatever, whatever film or TV projects their hearts desired under the pair's new production banner, Higher Ground. So we got Sierra and Russell with Why Not You mm. and the Obamas with Higher Ground. Mm. Now the Obamas have unveiled their first seven projects. Not their only, but just their first. So we're going to read these really quickly. American Factory, which is a documentary that features it and takes a deep dive into post-industrial Ohio. That should be interesting. Mm -hmm. Bloom, scripted drama set in the world of fashion in post-World War II New York and features around barriers faced by women and people of color. Definitely will watch that. Frederick Douglass, any, I'm watching that regardless. Yeah. Prophet of Freedom, a feature-length biopic about Frederick Douglass. First of all, if Obama, if Barack is doing the voiceover for this, <laughs> it's a game over. Just Listen. go ahead and give him the Emmy, the t give him anything he needs. If Barack is doing the voice for this, it's a wrap. Or even Morgan Freeman. You know, it has to be something. Or James Earl Jones. Yeah, that could be good, too. Bring yeah. back Mufasa. We haven't heard Mufasa in a minute. Yeah, and so this is based off of David W. Blight's Pulitzer Prize winning biography of the same name, Overlook, a scripted anthology series based on the New York Times long-running obituary column. That's different. Mm -hmm. Telling the stories of remarkable people whose deaths were not reported by the news. I've had somebody read some of these, and the ones in New York, they're normally very dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And Overlooked is such a great name, name. for uh -huh. it. What? Their team is a... They killing it. They Look, about to kill it, y'all. We only on number four, and I'm already excited. So I'm <laughs> four for four right now. Uh-huh. Listen to your vegetables and eat your parents. That sounds so fun. I'm excited. <laughs> a children's show from Drunk Histories. Oh, it's a wrap. Drunk History is already mm -hmm. great. Jeremy Corner and actress Erica Thormalin. Uh-huh. Aimed at preschool age kids. That talks about food from around the world and the stories behind the food. Pretty wow. Cool. Okay, so they five for five. Mm -hmm. Fifth Risk, a nonfiction, I'm watching it because it's nonfiction, series based on Big Short and Moneyball author Michael Lewis's book, The Fifth Risk, Undoing Democracy. That's, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> right, and I think that's going to deal with Trump. Okay. <laughs> Will they go seven for seven? Crip Camp. A feature-list documentary about a summer camp in up, a summer camp in upstate New York that propelled the movement focusing on rights for the disabled. Wow! So uh, they're across the gamut with their topics, their content. They're giving you a little fiction, some nonfiction, some documentary. It should be pretty cool. And this is—I think this is happening over the span of like two years. And again, it's just their first seven. All I'm saying is I believe the Obamas are definitely opening up the opportunity for positive content mm -hmm. created by black producers and executive producers, just yep. like Will and Jada Pinkett Smith are doing. This is amazing. Y'all better watch it. Power couples, listen, they coming for us. So just a real quick note um, for today's ignorance, I'm just going to do it as a closeout. Barbecue versus grilling. 
We've had a great debate with Brian Burkeen and some of his fellow Northerners about the aspect of bringing macaroni salad with tuna to the barbecue. I just want to, I'm glad we got your face. I hope you were still on the split screen at that point. Toya, macaroni salad with tuna in it. I never had that at a barbecue. At a barbecue. Mm-mm. So whether I'm going to try it or not is still up for debate. But This good old fashioned potato salad. <laughs> this is the issue. If you're going to make tuna macaroni salad, that is fine. Macaroni salad with tuna in it is not fine. But that's actually not the issue that I wanted to address because everybody on there, we were very playful. It was a fun conversation and all it did was lead to a lot of jokes and almost 300 comments. But what I wanted to actually talk about was you can have differences and not be upset with each other. You can be different and not be mad at someone. You can do something someone else hasn't done before and still support them. We do not have to be divisive, especially not within our own communities. I personally received a nice little email from a friend that allowed me to know that someone was using the name Bites and Beats. And after three years of working on a show that's now getting over 3,000 views, close to 200 shares, don't forget, share, comment, and like. Share, share, share. And it's in a partnership uh, uh, negotiations that I didn't want them to use that name because we've been putting a lot of work into building this brand. And the conversation quickly escalated to them saying that they would change the name, inviting us for an opportunity to use their space in Little Havana if we wanted to host any events and be part of their community, to come to some of their workshops and to set up a personal meeting. Every time you call somebody out or you have a difference doesn't mean that you don't agree with them or you don't like them. Differences is what makes us great and what makes us unique. If we were all the same, everybody would eat at Karen's house and we would have raisins in the potato salad. It's just certain things that we don't have to agree to. But everybody in the South knows A barbecue (laughs) does not come with a gas grill, nor does it come with tuna macaroni salad. And yes, somebody on the inside is cooking macaroni and cheese if macaroni and cheese, period. Nothing else added to it. Right. If that party reaches seven or more. Once you get to that 10 party range, somebody is bringing macaroni and cheese and you have a problem, shout out to my friend Stephanie and to my friend Chaz, you have a problem if that potato salad don't have paprika on the top of it. Right, and it's not yellow in color. (laughs) There's just certain things that come with a Southern barbecue, because we don't grill, we barbecue, Q. And if you don't have somebody barbecuing that then lost some teeth, (laughs) and got on those Jesus sandals with some socks, the barbecue might be all right. But if you want a slamming barbecue... And they better have a washcloth because it's hot around the grill. 
if they ain't wiped their face and you ain't got a little bit of that Jesus sweat on them ribs, them ribs ain't going to be right. Don't ask him to wash his hands neither. And when the last time he cleaned his grill, on a brush with the sauce, he just, you just that. dipping and slathering, dipping slathering. Don't ask what. If you are worried, if you got OCD, do not go to a southern barbecue and stand by the grill. Your best bet is to stay in the house, by the TV, and in wait the for air conditioner, where the gossip going on, <laughs> and just wait for it. Don't watch, because if you watch, you're gonna be disgusted. But that food be slapping. Look, but the point is, that's just my view because I'm from the South. I'm from Alabama, a couple of miles north of the Florida state line. But that's just my view. If I go to Philly, I'm going to respect Philly. And when I talk to my friend Brian Burkeen from Philly, this is always going to be an ongoing joke. And I'm going to always tell him, don't be bringing no tuna macaroni <laughs> salad to my house. It's just not welcome. <laughs> But he will always be my friend forever. <laughs> and he may bring a little small thing on the side. <laughs> and he can eat that on his own. And he can't even leave that little Tupperware there because I don't even want the reminiscence of that. <laughs> tuna is for tuna fish. Starkest tuna fish is to make a tuna fish salad. <laughs> and you put it. it on some bread. That's it. That's it. Exit. Exit. But look, we white all bread in. too. <laughs> and don't give me no wheat bread. And don't get into toasting and adding butter. Look, <laughs> there's just certain things you don't do, Brian. And Octavia, I know you live down here now. You from New York. But y'all barely have space for charcoal grills. We know y'all was using grass grills up there, whether y'all was poor or not. And those little baby red grills where you can only put about four burgers on it, that ain't grilling. I mean, that ain't barbecuing. That's still grilling. If you get into barbecue and Dante will tell you, Barbecue is going to require something that's black, made out of steel, and you need at least two people to put it up onto some kind of truck. Because the real grills, and Latoya, I'm sure you can attest to this, yeah. the real grills were old oil drums right. cut in half. Lift it up. And then the fencing from somewhere else was steeled out, placed on top, and you used it until the bottom of it started rusting out. And if it was really good, they got some other sheet metal <laughs> and you had, cause somebody in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. uh, what's the, the torch and what you talking about? Welding, somebody oh. knew how to weld it on because you was just welding in little metal. That was your grill. That's what you was grilling on before you went to a FAMU game or before you watched Roll Tide. See, notice the thing. I didn't say watch the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. <laughs> That's all you say. But we all have our differences, which yeah. makes us great. But at the end of the day, don't be coming to my barbecue with no tuna macaroni salad. Because exactly. it will be left in your car. And I just want to know how your car smell left our barbecue when you get some macaroni and cheese and some potato salad, mm -hmm. some sweet potatoes. Baked beans. And baked, oh. Or pork and beans, depending on where you at. And let's get this clear right now. There's a difference between pork and beans and baked uh, beans. Yeah. If you're not <laughs> using Bush's baked beans for your baked beans, you don't make baked beans. You keep that at your house. <laughs> Bush's, that's it. And if it don't have some sugar in it, and right. some fresh cut onions, you don't get to make the, you just come to the, just bring the drinks. Just get to the, actually, if we having a debate on this, 
you just bring the liquor and you bring two liquors. You bring a liquor for the person cooking for you, which should cost $40 or more. And you bring a liquor for the crowd, which should cost $39 to $20. And them hot dogs better be burnt. All the way. And that sausage, if that sausage <laughs> don't have some black on it, you wasn't at a barbecue. You was grilling. Speaking of, I'm going to get some sausages tonight. <laughs> right, I'm hungry. Let's call. It's so. time to go. <laughs> that's Mike. And that's Toya. And, and this, this is, is Tech Meets and Bites. Bites. Thank <laughs> you.